Hey everybody, the experiment continues. Welcome to a uh, an early morning post uh, nor'easter episode of the Loftus Party. Uh, yesterday was the big the big nor'easter. It was kind of crazy. I, I I actually expected more. I've been I've been on Long Island. I've been on Long Island for a while. People were ready for like an explosion of cold liquids from the sky. Uh, I was ready for uh, really, really bad stuff. However, uh, I grew up in Ohio. It, it was uh, it was it was really windy, is what it was. It was uh, it was snowy. It was rainy. The interesting thing, I had never uh, I had never uh, had snow quite this checked. It was like a slushy machine. It was like being inside a machine. It was like the snow didn't know what it wanted to be. Am I rain? Am I snow? I'm confused. I'm confused. It was like being hit in the face with someone who had dipped a straw in a slushy and was flinging it at you, like a million of those people. So uh, I survived. We survived. We got the Oscars going on tomorrow. Everybody's busy. Everybody's got something going on. So uh, I'm flying solo. It's very early. I had a crazy late night, uh, but I'm digging this. I'm digging this new style and I want to see if I can do it. It's like a, uh, I'm having my Rocky moment where I, I want to be able to, I want to be able to prove that I can do this. Okay. So here's what's going on. Uh, I'm looking at the stories of the week. We'll do like a little news thing. We've got, uh, an interview with Cheryl Atkinson. If you don't know who Cheryl Atkinson is, uh, you'll dig this interview with her. Uh, she used to be a CBS news reporter, investigative journalist. She's got her own show now with, uh, it's, uh, syndicated by Sinclair, Sinclair Media. Uh, so she was spied on by, we, we think it was like the FBI, CIA, NSA, not sure. Uh, but she's still trying to, to get through that. So it's a, it's a good little warning uh, to realize that uh, we don't want our government weaponized against us. We want to have transparency. Um, and that's my, that's my Long Island voice. That could be my go-to. I got a little bit of a cold, and so I might be. This is a character, Linda, and uh, she she might be showing up a lot today. There could be a lot of uh, a lot of coughing as well. So yeah, the other day uh, Trump was talking about a trade war. I guess I want to talk about guns again. I want to talk about uh, the kids, the kids, these rascally kids who magically. I, I, boy, I'm going to that voice a little bit too often. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, these these rascally kids uh, down in Florida who uh, just spontaneously made all this wonderful stuff happen. They're finding out now uh, that there was uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of big money behind them. You always get when here's here's what should have been the tip off. Let's let's actually let's talk about this. Uh, I do these vlogs every week, uh, and I was asking some 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 of the people that that are uh, on board over at the Loftus party, like you know what should I go with? What should I go with? I ended up doing a it's kind of a fluffy little piece about this uh, this woman who turned into a man, who turned into a gay man, who now is becoming a dragon. Uh, and so the whole thing was supposed to be a metaphor of like, slow your roll. Let's not make decisions really fast because sometimes your decisions are, are wrong. And I thought I thought it was a wonderful metaphor. Uh, I think maybe I, I missed on that one and not a lot of people got it, but oh well, what are you gonna do? So, uh, so there was a couple members of the Loftus Party family were like, you should do a thing about the kids uh, in Parkland 
And then uh, some other people were like, no, don't do anything about the kids in Parkland. It, it's a hot button. So I didn't. I totally punted. I totally punted because I don't like the I don't like the vlogs to be long. I, I like to keep them short. Bing, bang, boom. I get in. I get some jokes, get some laughs, and then get out. So I did a little bit of research, though, on the uh, the kids down in Parkland. And they're everywhere. And uh, they are. And, like, everybody, all of the media is just like, boy, these kids. These, and you can't say anything bad about them, for, for the love of God. Uh, they went to school one day, and then uh, a guy just started killing everybody. So not a lot of comedy there. That's like uh, you would not call that uh, a high comedy area. However, and I don't know where the jokes are yet, these kids are all over CNN and uh, ABC and the, the big news, it, and they're they're wonderful kids. And uh, everybody's oh, they're so well spoken and they're camera friendly. Yeah, of, of course they are. It, it, that's just that's just how it is now. However, you've got these kids are setting up uh, foundations and then they're doing marches and they're organizing. Not to say that kids are not capable of that, but like Oprah Winfrey donated like half a million bucks to these guys. Uh, George Clooney donated half a million bucks, which is which is wonderful. But if like uh, if I'm 16, like how how does a 16 what do you what would you even do with that money? Well, it turns out they've had some help. They've had some help from uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. They've had help from the local Democratic. It's it's a wonderful. I wouldn't say wonderful. I'm, I got to pick my words very carefully. It's a it's a little uh, uh, it's a little opportunistic, and and so. These kids want change. They want to say stuff. I say now this. Uh, I say now they're they're we're allowed to make fun of them. I think it's been long enough. We're allowed to make fun of them. And once you put yourself out there as a as a oh I'm the face of a generation and I'm the voice of the uplifting student movement. We can make fun of you now. Now you're now you're making a choice. You are you are you're taking up the mantle of I'm gonna do guns i'm gonna solve this people and they're organizing boycotts oh my gosh this is hilarious this is hilarious uh delta holy crap so delta in in a massive form of virtual virtue signaling they're like we're no longer part partnering with the nra we are done with that partnership we are done I, of course that's how I'm, I'm putting my spin on it <clears throat> So I guess if you remember the NRA and you booked a ticket, you could enter some kind of code if you were in the NRA and you could you could save a couple bucks. Well, uh, Delta wanted very quickly to be we're not part of the NRA and we're not we don't have a little they have like a, a, a department of virtue signaling. So they they ended that crap, buddy. They ended that crap, buddy. We're not going to help the NRA. You those guys are assholes. Linda's back. So. uh so they stopped the program, uh, and it turns out only 13 people used it last year. Uh, in in all of 2017, only only 13 members of the NRA got their little discount at Delta. So as a result, I guess some lawmaker down in Georgia where Delta has a hub or a factory or Lord knows what, they're like, hey, you want to take a swing at, at NRA members? We're going to punch back. Boom. There goes your little tax break. There goes your little tax break, Delta. So Delta is uh, going to end up losing, uh, they say, up to 40 million bucks. Up to four. Now, of course, Delta can hit back, right? It's Now Delta can go, well, we're going to close up shop in Georgia. Uh, but right now, I say the good guys won. Uh, that just, that 
is hilarious. Hilarious. Don't be too quick uh, to make these big decisions, you guys. You are not a dragon. That was the name of the video. You are not a dragon. Don't be so quick to make these decisions. Okay, so um, I'm hereby, I hereby declare that the, the Parkland kids who are on TV and, and talking like kids will talk, there's a reason. There's a reason you don't let 16-year-olds vote. And it's becoming clear that these kids are like, we shouldn't use FedEx anymore. Let's use this. Let's boycott. Everybody's so quick to boycott. Calm down. Calm down. And then uh, I'd like to uh, state this for the record, too. Uh, AR, the AR and AR-15 found this out. This is me being ignorant. Everybody thinks that stands for automatic rifle. It does not. It's actually, I believe, uh, has something to do with the name of the manufacturer. So that was fantastic. Um, so the gun war thing goes on. I guess Mitch McConnell punted on that. Good. You know what I say? Uh, good for him. Good for him. Let's let's calm down. Look at the situation. I, th I think everybody can probably agree. Bump stocks when you can. I, and for, and Lord, once again, I'm just an ignorant Joe. I don't even know what a bump stock does. Even I don't even I don't even know anything about the Las Vegas shooter. Have we totally forgotten about that guy? That's it's one of those things where I like to I like to follow these things up. I really should. Like the, we know everything about the, the kid in Parkland. We know everything about this uh, Nicholas Cruz kid. And I'm still angry. That if you want to talk about anger, this is I'm waking up. This is better than coffee. It's very early in the morning, and 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 my little uh, adrenaline glands are kicking in now. I'm getting I'm getting fired up. Like we know everything about this Nicholas Cruz kid. We know that the cops were called. They're saying now forty sometimes. We know that ever the system failed. So the the system that everybody wants to throw more money at. Well, it's it's a money thing. It's a money thing. They need more money. That that system has failed on an epic level. Do we have a problem with AR-15s? Do we have a problem with uh, high magazine capacity? Blah blah blah. Yeah, I guess I guess maybe we do. Let's take a look at that. Let's take a look. Uh, do I love the Second Amendment? Do I want people to be able to have the right to keep and bear arms? You betcha. You betcha. So we covered that last week. Uh, here's a here's some 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 even more tragic events uh, from our let's follow up department. The, the Nicholas Cruz kid uh, has filed papers in Florida. He wants to in, in, inherit his mother's estate. Now, his mom has died. His dad died back in uh, 2014. And he's got a brother, I guess. But uh, Nicholas is the oldest one. So he's trying to get the money. There's like his mom's estate is like 800,000 bucks. So uh, this Nicholas Cruz douche uh, is going to, well, first of all, he's a, he's a, he's a mass murderer. And now he's trying to get his hands on eight hundred thousand. If I was his little brother, I'd be so pissed. Like you, you've ruined my life. You, not only so the name in Florida is always going to be oh, okay. That's the name of a killer, and then you're going to take my my only hope for a future. So Nicholas Cruz still not done ruining people's lives. He's going to try to take eight hundred thousand bucks away uh, from his little brother. That's a lot of dough. In Florida, you're uh, you're a millionaire. Oh, here's another one from the the I like to follow it up. The the Pulse nightclub killer. Uh, his wife. I always I always thought like, what did she know? What's the deal with her? And I didn't know this. She's on trial. She's uh uh. There's they're they're in jury selections right now. And uh, good. 
Let's find out what she knew. Of course, now she's the victim. We'll see what happens. Of course, I'm totally judging her. This is great. <laughs> I'm going to totally, she's guilty. She's a witch. Burn her. Uh, she's saying uh, that she had nothing to do with it. She didn't know. Of course, I'm sure she was uh, beaten and she was mentally tortured and she's a complete victim. But let's find out. But I always wondered that. Like, did they ever follow up with that chick? And yes, yes, they have. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. I'm not fighting a cold. I'll tell you that. I'm not doing that. Um, I'm looking through my notebook here. This is wonderful. Uh, the trade war. Okay. Let's talk about the trade war. Let's get into the trade war. This is a wonderful – this is um, – to me, it's an epic battle uh, between the, like the, the Harvard types and the regular people. And, and I'll, I really want to see how this plays out. Uh, Trump comes out the other day and he's like, "Hey, we got to protect steel. We got to pr protect aluminum. Without those industries, if you don't, if you're not making steel, you're not making aluminum. We are, uh, we are in big problem. You don't really have, you don't really have a country if you don't have that." And then he's like, "Trade war. It's easy," which I'm sure most economists would agree that uh, trade wars uh, are not easy. Here's the great thing. I'm not an economist. And I want to see these people – I want to see these people try to uh, explain – it's like a Three Stooges. I want to watch these people on TV try to explain these very complex systems. Like everybody's looking, making it try to sound like it's, it's bad for Trump. Oh, this is bad for Trump. He's starting a trade war. This will get more expensive soup. The, like, the cost of this, that will go up. But, but have good luck. Good luck. When you're trying to explain that to people who work in the steel and the aluminum industry, the people who are like, wow, that, this would be great. Because on the one hand, you've got Trump going, I want to protect your job, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, steel industry guy. And then you're going to have the Harvard Yale types going, uh, I don't think you understand if the uh, index of the cost manufacturing bleep blorp and according to the blah, 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 it'll be wonderful. And then you'll have Trump just going, listen, I'm just saying we got to protect these jobs. He sounds. This is what everybody always forgot, and this is this will be when uh, I think I think like the the hardcore. We've got the the, the far right, never Trumpers who've always hated Trump, and they always will. Uh, this is when they're going to be gleeful, because this is a people forget uh, Donald Trump was like the most liberal of all the uh, candidates for president, and he's about to do some very very uh, liberal sounding stuff. With these guns, we got to raise the late the, the age of guns. We got to get these guns off the street. You're gonna have you're gonna have the the Bill Crystals of the world going. See, I told you so. I'm not gonna be surprised. I'm not. I I knew this was coming. I knew there was gonna be some very liberal uh, balloons floated by Trump. <clears throat> we got to protect these jobs. I don't care. We got to protect these jobs. Blah blah blah. The steel, the steel, the steel. So a lot of people on the right are gonna be unhappy with Trump. I saw it coming. I'm not I'm not going to freak out. And it's not like it's not like uh, Trump is an emperor. It's not like he can go, oh, I declare a trade war and then just fire it up. Uh, I believe there's checks and balances for this kind of thing. So. Uh, what is the Trumpkin? I'm not a Trumpkin. I'm just not surprised by any of this stuff. I'm just not surprised. Some dude on uh, Facebook called me a Trumpkin the other day, and whatever, that's fine, that's fine. There's a dude, I'm, uh, you know what, this guy's about to not get famous. 
there's a guy who hates on all my little videos. He just hates them, hates them, hates them. And I've, uh, I'm always like, I'm very cool with the dude. I'm like, hey, man, whatever. Uh, he says something really smarmy. And uh, I believe you catch more flies with honey. And life is too short. And why engage in these senseless? This guy, uh, turns out, used to work at NASA. He's a NASA uh, historian. Uh, and we agree. We have, we have common ground. Here's a little a little lovely moment. The dude used to work at NASA, and we my little video about uh, Elon Musk and the Falcon Heavy rocket. He's excited about that. I'm excited about that. There's more that unites us than divides us. It's a it's a wonderful little Shangri-La moment, a little Kumbaya, a little Hakuna Matata. Okay, um, and I, oh, this is my uh, before I get out of this segment. I want to uh, give some more advice to the media. Uh, stop with the every day attacking uh, Trump. Here's what the media does. They go, oh, every day he doesn't. Every day he doesn't. Uh, no, uh, no. Uh, you need to relax. Here's why. The more you do it, it it's – I've said it before on the show, and I'm saying it again uh, this morning, evidently. When you come at him every day, we, we just get numb to it. We, we, we're just numb to it. And they're like, well, you're just a Trumpkin. You're just a Trumpkin that just accepts anything. He, no, I – I'm bored by like if if I open up my window uh, and it's raining and then I, the next day I go out and it's raining and the next day I go out it's raining and the next day I go out it's raining it's raining it's raining it's raining and then one day you're like aren't you freaked out it's raining I'm like no I'm not freaked out by it at all get over it and they're like but it's wet it's water falling like shut up if you don't have an umbrella you're a moron so by just it's it's funny to watch uh, Morning Joe and to look at the newspapers and to read these headlines. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hope Hicks is out. Hope Hicks is gone. She's freaking out. She left in tears. I'm like, OK, I'm, I'm done with the uh, the White House palace intrigue stories. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Oh, Jared Kushner. He got his top secret Uber quadruple security clearance revoked. I, I remember when you guys were, were mad that he had it. You, you, you can go back and look at stories a, a, a few weeks ago. Why does Jared Kushner have quadruple top secret security clearance? This is the end of the world. And then a few weeks later, you're like, okay, cool. So he doesn't have the top secret clearance. Why did he get his security clearance revoked? It's the end of the world. Now I'm the Charmin guy. <laughs> Ooh, ooh, Lucy, Miss Ricardo, why doesn't Jared Kushner have his top secret security clearance? <laughs> I'm not going to get freaked out by it. I think it's all going swimmingly. It's going uh, somewhat predictably. Trump wants people to like him. It's not that tough to figure out. It's not. This is who he has always been. There's a big gun. There's a big shooting. Uh, and then Trump has one of those meetings like, let's do something about let's do something about guns. People are like, oh, wait, wait, the Second Amendment, the Second Amendment, they're going to take all the guns. I have, there is no way they're going to take all the guns. There's no way. And I see people on Facebook and on Twitter talking about here they go. Here they go. There is no way there is here because here's the deal. The people who believe in the Second Amendment uh, and the members of the NRA, uh, they have all the guns. And they practice all the time. And that's not a threat or anything. I'm just saying that's the way it is. It, so let's not freak out. No one's going to come and take all our guns. But is, is Trump going to try to give uh, the left like some common sense solutions? Of course. 
that's uh that's part of the, of the whole dance so don't freak out you guys it's it's going uh very well wow that was the news solo news han solo news this deal keeps getting better all the time we'll be back after a little interview with uh cheryl atkinson this will hang on to this one hang on to your hats for this one uh and then we'll talk oscars oscars the flip side with michael loftus is brought to you by islam keeping the world safe from dangerous cartoons thunder the thunder Welcome back to The Flipside. I'm Michael Loftus. Uh, we're very fortunate because joining me right now is Cheryl Atkinson. She's an investigative reporter who was at CBS for many years, and she's won all kinds of Emmys for her, her work, her investigative reports. She's got a new book out called Stonewalled. It's fantastic. So please help me welcome Cheryl Atkinson. She's here. Thanks for coming and joining Thank us you. at the clubhouse. We Glad redecorated. I found you. I was lost back there, kind of wandering around. <laughs> I know. There's the library and the billiard room and uh, awesome. the holodeck. Just a, a quick overview. Tell us, tell us in short what, what happened. In the middle of uh, a lot of pushback for this kind of hard-nosed reporting that I was doing and was known for, my producer and I, uh, some sources approached us and said that we were probably likely being monitored, at least my, I and my family perhaps, because of the type of reporting that I was done. And these sources who were familiar with government practices said that the government was pushing the envelope as in surveillance of private citizens like they had never seen and they were concerned. This is before we knew about what the government was doing to Associated Press reporters and the Fox News reporter and so yeah. on. The beginning of this book, it's like a spy novel. And there's like this crazy wire hanging out of the Verizon box and you have a guy come out, like it was like New Year's Day or something. Yes, right. And the guy shows up and like, what's Verizon doing there on the New Year's Day? And I'm reading the book, I'm like, that guy's not from Verizon, he's not from Verizon. When he came to my house, he handed me a business card handwritten with his name yeah. on it. That's a, that should be a sign, Cheryl, well, a handwritten I, business card. I'm told they do that sometimes. Yeah, well the CIA doesn't go to Vistaprint. <laughs> I told him to leave the cable that he removed, the Fios oh, wire, yeah. because I was going to have it looked at by somebody. And uh, when I went back to check where he had put it later, when my husband actually went out to look, it was gone. So somebody took it. So I called Mr. Verizon Man every day, almost for 30 days, sometimes twice a day, just to follow up with him. And you know, he went from saying, I'm your guy, to never returning any of my calls. I was very angry with you. And I'm reading the book, <laughs> yeah, keep the wire. Up to that point, there were a lot of strange things, but I really never dreamed a, that the government or anybody would be surveilling me, and B, that we would find evidence of it. But there's very little outrage. I mean, I feel like it's just almost sort of accepted that, yes, this is what happens today. Yes. Um, journalists kind of accept my colleagues because I speak to them. They assume the government could be looking in on their work, but there's not the sense of outrage that you, should, you would expect. That's, that's what I wanted to, to talk about. People are just like, yeah, so yeah, the government was in there and, uh, and they were looking at your stuff and they were hacking and they were listening to your phone conversations and uh, they were probably hacked into your Skype as well and uh, they, they broke into CBS and... Uh, we haven't done a great job at getting together and doing something about these things that we see as erosion of very crucial rights in this country, public rights and press rights. And there's been this unprecedented crackdown on anybody inside the government who might be telling the truth about these sorts of things. They are not to talk to journalists. They may be prosecuted for doing so. It's, it's a big chill. I guess the, the Obama administration tried to like paint you as a big, just like a, a conspiracy theorist. 
uh, as there's, part there's of their- There's key words they use. I mean, I talk about this in the book. It's not just me and it's not just the Obama administration, but there are key strategies that are used now, tactics that are employed, propaganda and, and PR tactics. When there's a story that they don't like, instead of just attacking the facts, which can be very difficult, they controversialize you know, the entire news outlet that may be publishing the story, the whistleblower telling the truth, the reporter who's reporting on it. Um, they, they create this whole air of attacking the person exposing the wrongdoing rather yeah. than questioning the wrongdoers. Yeah. And that's sort of a key hallmark. When you see that happening, you can, you can bet that something's going on behind the scenes. Well, it's awesome being a conspiracy nut. <laughs> I hear that their parties are fantastic. Really hard we to should, get into. We should go to one together. I would love to. But we'd have to go through the clearance process. That's probably Absolutely. really hard. I find it hard to believe that that actually uh, got any traction uh, with, with the press and, and, and the people because you, you've got a really solid background of being very fair. Uh, Rachel Maddow on... Uh, MSNBC was like literally cheering you on. You know, go, Cheryl, yeah, go. Right. I mean, I, I think we have a clip of that, I, I, and I think it, it, it bears watching. Please do not assume that if a company contributes to the foundation, that somehow that's some type of influence upon what I'm about to do. No influence, you say? This is your cue, Cheryl Atkinson of CBS. Go, 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 go. In 07, you helped kill a three-year ban. Well, the reason she was cheering me on, yeah. that was an investigation I did on a Republican congressman, someone she had been following his missteps and alleged misdeeds, and I was doing a story on his um, allegedly fake charity. Anyway, seven, for a seven-minute-long segment, she loved it, of course, and I appreciated the, the feedback. Yeah. And that was not controversial. When she complimented my, my reporting, internally, nobody at CBS at the time that I heard was saying... We don't like it that the liberals like you. Right. But when conservatives would compliment a story that I did, I got this feeling that they really didn't like that if a conservative would compliment a story that I was sort of on the wrong side of things. But that's what you do. You attack a Republican to throw him off the trail that you're really a Republican throwing off the left wing. See what you do, you double back and you double down on that, then they never know. For huh? more years I was called a liberal. Um, by Media Research Center and others who are watching my reporting. And so the last um, year or two, or since I've been doing the Obama administration reporting primarily, I've been called more often a conservative. We'll talk about that more at the conspiracy meeting, um, <laughs> which is still unannounced. I know. We'll edit that part out. <laughs> How come these tactics have, have worked so well uh, for the Obama administration? We're just so busy covering our stories. We're not prepared. And I, I would argue we just don't have the defenses in place that when we're attacked in this way, we don't really know what to do with it. And we kind of, to some degree, succumb to it. Well, you know who does pay attention? People who watch this show. Tell me you'll come back and do another uh, episode of the show. I will absolutely do that. There you go. Let's stick around. We've got more show coming up. I'm Michael Loftus. You're watching The Flip Side. Stonewall, go get it right now. Thank you. So that was Cheryl Atkinson. That 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 one. Uh, she's a nice lady. She's wonderful. She was spied on, and she's still using the uh, freedom of information and FOIA requests and blah 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 uh, to try to figure out what's going on. Terrifying, terrifying notion. Okay, so here's here's the uh, the latest thing. I didn't do this because I'm lazy. I did it because uh, this is something that I kind of wanted to do for a long time. And, and now I'm a little lazy. I knew I was going to be recording early. It's a little, it's a segment called um, uh, The Post. It's called Check In With The Post. I got a copy of the New York Post uh, last night. <clears throat> Flipping through, 
looking for some articles, and I this, I should have done this at the top of the show. Who knows? Maybe through the the miracle of editing, uh, we can we can move this around. So so Vladimir Putin, this bad guy, uh, announced all his new missiles, all the new the new Russia stuff. He's like, I want to tell all those who have fueled the arms race over the last fifteen years, sought to win unilateral advantages over Russia, introduced unlawful sanctions aimed to contain our country's development. All what you wanted to impede with your policies have already happened. <laughs> you have failed to contain Russia. So he's got a bunch of uh, new missiles. He's got we see. I think he's full of crap. I, I really think he's lying. But he's like, he's got some supersonic missile that can evade missile defense system. He's got the missile can be launched uh, from submarine, do X, Y, and Z. He's got another missile that can be launched from space station, whatever. However, uh, I hope he's lying. I hope he's lying. I know we were, we were kind of playing it fast and loose uh, back in the 80s with uh, the strategic defense initiative, Star Wars. We were saying it could do stuff that it really couldn't. Hopefully Vlad is lying here. But here's the deal. Uh, we've been slapping sanctions on these cats in uh, Mother Russia for the last 15 years under a couple of different presidents. And everybody's like, see, it's working. And they've agreed. They've agreed that they're not going to do anything. And see, they're they're OK. And then you've got Obama's famous, you know, hey, the, the 1980s called and they want their foreign policy back. Well, it turns out they were lying the whole time and they were secretly developing these missile systems. So, uh. Let that be a lesson to everybody. There's a there's a reason that there's there's hawks on the left and there's hawks on the right. There's a very good chance they're lying and they're developing these the secret weapons. So, bum ba da bum bum bum. We'll see we'll see what happens. Oh, and just another little update. I'm liking the little updates. Uh, when uh, Donald Trump Jr. his wife opened up that little envelope full of white powder, uh, they got that guy. They found out who that dude was, and he got under uh, he he got under arrest. Yeah, he he was arrested. There's a picture of him in the post. He looks like a real winner. He's a he's a fan of the Royals, not not the Kansas City Royals, like the royal family. So, oh, here's another thing I want to do. Let's play. Let's play. How much for that for that apartment? If you guys think this is just a real little real estate check in, a 26 foot wide. That's that's 26 feet wide. That, that's this is in the real estate section. That's how big the apartment is. 26, 26 feet wide. That seems seems a little narrow to me. Um, it's got a sunken garden, a rooftop terrace. OK. Uh, Eleven point nine million. Eleven point nine million. Welcome to the neighborhood. Welcome to the neighborhood. That's in. Well, it's not insane. I guess it, it actually looks lovely in the picture. Okay, so it's time for the Oscars. I'm going to make a bunch of Oscar predictions. Uh, I haven't seen any of these movies. Uh, the, the Phantom Thread, Daniel Day-Lewis, the, the My Left Foot guy, they're saying 100 to 1. 100 to 1 uh, for Best Picture. Darkest Hour. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Darkest Hour. I don't even know... Oh, that's the Winston Churchill one. I need to see that. A hundred, a hundred to one. Gary Oldman looked great in that. They, they should, they'll win makeup. Boom, I'm calling it. Darkest Hour wins makeup. Call Me By Your Name. Uh, I don't even know what that one, this is how out of touch. And this is sad because I I, I work in show business and I, I, should, I should carve out time and I should know what the heck I'm talking about. Call Me By Your Name. 
I think that's the young kid growing up and I'm going to be gay now, or I'm learning how to be gay. Probably a very important movie. <laughs> Probably the most important movie of the summer. Uh, 65 to one, the post, the post, that's the matter of the Washington Post. Democracy dies in darkness. 1970s. Tommy Hanks, Meryl Streep, all-star cast. I think it made four dollars at the box office because that's what we need. Uh, that's a, that's what I think America uh, has been in the mood for a 1970s uh, Washington Post. Aren't aren't reporters brave? Aren't reporters brave? Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Uh, 65 to one. Dunkirk. I actually saw that one. For best picture, I don't think there's any way it wins best picture. They're, 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 the odds on that are 43 to one. That was a great flick. It, it is the, uh, it's like if Pulp Fiction and Saving Private Ryan had a baby, it would be, it would be Dunkirk. But uh, Kenneth Branagh took me out of the movie. It was so weird. Everyone else, I'm watching Dunkirk. It's amazing. Uh, I'm like, ooh, I don't know that guy. Who's that guy? So it was like, ooh, it's like, ooh, these are real people. You know, I, I like it when they cast nobodies in in like war movies. And then all of a sudden you see, oh gosh, there's Kenneth Branagh. It just it just took me out of it. Nothing against Kenneth Branagh. He's a perfectly fine actor, wonderful director. He directed the first Thor. Uh, but I'm off on a tangent, not going to go there. And then, uh, Harry Styles, that one kind of took me out of it too. That, that one's going off at 43 to one lady bird. Another very important movie. Uh, a young girl, uh, finding her way in the world, blah, blah. I guess you still have to make these movies. Uh, and, and I'm glad, I guess someone, someone is, uh, however, yeah, I don't, I don't think uh, Lady Bird's going to be her best picture. Get Out, the Twilight Zone episode turned feature film, where if you're a black guy in the South, the, the white people hypnotize you into submission. It's a, that's a, it's a super fun idea for a movie. It's creepy. I haven't seen it. It, it, it looks like a really crazy, creepy horror movie. Uh, good for them. I, I, that guy from Key and Peele, super funny dude. I guess they made that movie for a nickel and it's doing well. But if you think you're going to win the Oscar, I don't think it's going to happen. The Shape of Water, Guillermo del Toro. That's a, uh, the odds are nine to five on that one. That's looking uh, pretty good. Pretty good. The Shape of, I like Guillermo del Toro. I just like that guy. I like the look of his movies. Uh, I liked, I liked Hellboy. And here's the fun thing. Uh, and Hellboy, I guess he's kind of playing around with – there was a couple lovely scenes, lovely scenes, a couple of really nice scenes with Selma Blair and uh, and the guy in the, the, the fish the fish man in the tank. So maybe that's – I like to think that these guys were playing around with these ideas. Evidently, Guillermo del Toro, when he was a little kid, just like me, when I saw Creature from the Black Lagoon, I thought it was heartbreaking. It's it's like uh, it's like King Kong. King Kong falls in love with this woman. He'll do anything to protect her, and ultimately he dies. Creature from the Black Lagoon, same thing. The creature falls for this human lady. Uh, it can't be, and I, I can't even remember in, in the end. Maybe if he escaped or if he didn't, maybe the creature was killed. But uh, I remember feeling bad for the creature from the Black Lagoon. So Guillermo del Toro, I guess he, he, it's like his little sequel to that. Like what would have happened next and blah, blah, blah. I want to see Shape of Water. Maybe Best Picture, but the one that's going to win, I really think this. Uh, three billboards outside Eben, Ebbing's, uh, or Eben, Missouri. That's got Oscar written all over it. 
and people go, oh my gosh, she's Frances McDormand, she's won before, and this and that, but it's like one of those, it just seems like it's that movie. It's, yeah, there's this, and there's that, and there's quirkiness, and it's 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 just like a, a good old-timey movie. It's not a big superhero thing. So that's that's what the, the Post is predicting is going to win, uh, and that's what I am predicting is going to win, too. These movies, uh, here's what I think is, and I'll make this prediction now, too. This is this is what I like about it. It's just, I think that Netflix and uh, the streaming services are going to take up the slack where uh, where movies, like you don't have like small, you do have small movies, like little romantic comedies. I, I, I want to have romantic comedies. They're, they're good movies. It can't all be superhero stuff all the time. And I love the superhero stuff. We're in the golden age of superhero movies. However, everybody's like, oh, those movies are gone. Every, friends of mine who are in the industry, they're like, those, those movies are gone. No, Netflix will make them. People will still make these movies. They'll make these smaller budgeted and it's it's insane, but I'm gonna I'm about to say it. Like a, like a 35 million dollar movie, and boom, it'll go to Netflix. It'll go to uh, Amazon. Those movies will always be around. Everybody's like, Pretty Woman wouldn't get made today. Pretty Woman would. Well, it might be a little uh, harder to make, but one of them just has to make money. Uh, that, that's that's all it ha and it'll happen. Everybody, boy meets girl, boy loses girl. Boy uh, gets girl at the end. It's it's all good and wonderful. Okay, so was there more Oscar stuff? Oh my gosh, I wanted to talk about Red Red Sparrow. That's uh, hilarious. They hated it. The Post. The post. I should do the Post one Sunday and then uh, do like the New York Times the next Sunday. Uh, that's why I think I might do that next week. Just rail. Uh, on the times there's a big listen uh they've got a thing here about the this new movie a wrinkle in time the, the beloved children's book a wrinkle in time and it makes me not want to see it they're talking about how wonderful the costumes are and the look and oh here's mindy kaling who looks like uh, a japanese lady got rolled around in new delhi and like it makes me not want to see it when you start talking about here's how look how cool the costumes are i don't care does it take me away does it take me away? Okay. Uh, Red Sparrow. <clears throat> I kind of wanted to see Red Sparrow. Uh, I'm a I'm a Jennifer Lawrence uh, fan, but boy, oh boy, did they hate it. Now I want to see it uh, for for this line of dialogue. I guess at some point in the movie, someone's like, uh, uh, "Do you know how long it takes to peel the skin from a human body?" And uh, <laughs> I guess we're supposed to be shocked by that but like it's 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 all very uh it's all very silence of the lambs well what was she a great person uh so i guess the dialogue is really clunky at one point at one point jennifer lawrence uh is mad at somebody and she's like you sent me to whore school because they have to train she's she's a deadly assassin right so she has to know how to kill people and she has to know how to like get men to submit to her russian ways and she gets she gets mad at her uh her her handlers she's like you sent me to horse school and now there's a part of me that like i want to see that movie i, I want to see i want to see whore school <laughs> Horror School with Jennifer Lawrence. So uh, 
Hopefully it makes a lot of money. I don't know. So I guess she's a, a ballerina. I'll take it. I'll take it. If she's like a ballerina that can kill people, I'm in for that. Hopefully there's a little bit of nudity. I'm in for that. Hopefully there's some hot uh, like ballerina on ballerina sex, like Natalie Portman and Black. I'm 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 all for that. I got a thing. I'll tell you, this is great. It's a little confession. I got a thing for the ballerinas. I got a thing uh, for the tutu. I I, I don't know. Give me a hot ballerina any day. I don't I don't necessarily want a ballerina who can kill me. Uh, I'm, I'm not cool with that, but I'm into the whole ballerina. So I guess the same guy who trained Natalie Portman for Black Swan uh, trained uh, J-Law, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, for Red Sparrow. Which, wow, which now I'm seeing uh, – maybe you guys probably got to it before I did. Black Swan, Red Sparrow. Are these movies connected? Yes. Some dude trained them both. We got Death Wish coming out. Death Wish with Bruce Willis. I want this to be good. I want this to be good so bad, but I think it's got a flaw. I think it's got like – when the, in the previews they show uh, Bruce Willis. He's, he's about to kill a guy. There's a guy under a car, and the guy's like, don't kill me. Don't kill me. And then Bruce Willis is like, I'm not going to kill you. But Jack's going to kill you. Boom, and he lowers the car on the guy. And that, mm, I don't like that. You got to go back to this. This needs to be. I don't want my death wish to have like a little wink to it and a little like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I say the cute thing before I kill you. I want that old school 1970s Charles Bronson. You killed my wife, you punk. Bang. And then you just take him out. I want say, you know, I like it when when the like the, the old Clint Eastwood, the Clint Eastwood, the man with no name, uh, he wouldn't even say anything. And it would make the, the people he was about to kill, they'd be, just say something, say something. Like Dirty Harry. Come on, man, come on. But then Dirty Harry started talking too much. I'm, I'm, I want to get back to the vigilante who doesn't talk and it drives people crazy. The, the Batman of it all. This is fun. I'm having maybe more fun than you guys. Uh, they're oh, rolling through, rolling through. Bill de Blasio. Oh, I don't want to get into Bill de Blasio. That dude is just boring. I can't, but they really, you guys have no idea how much they don't like Bill de Blasio here. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of wonderful. Oh, some kid, some kid in Morgantown, West Virginia got drunk the other night and decided to take an Uber to New Jersey. It cost him 1600 bucks. He'll probably fight to, to not pay that. Careful, careful with the Uber button, everybody. Careful with the Uber button. Okay, now I'm going to go back to the notebook. Uh, I'll wrap it up with uh, with the notebook. Dun, dun, oh, that was going to be my – I was going to call my New York Post segment Going Postal or the Post Report. I might have uh, – I might have overthought that. These are more uh, thoughts from the comedy notebook. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and I'm so glad I, I write these things down. Shamrock Shakes are back. People, people where I work are making fun of me. I don't care. I'm going to have a shamrock shake today. They're delicious. Thank you, McDonald's. I'm, I always look forward to shamrock shake season. Um, it occurred to me the other day – this is hilarious. Um, I wrote this down. It's very important. Hillary Clinton is like a penguin that's been raised by, by people to be mean. <laughs> like if you look at Hillary Clinton, if she was an animal, she would be a penguin. But she'd be, she'd be a mean penguin. And you'd think like how did she get – 
how did she get so mean? It's because she was raised by other penguins and now uh, raised by by people. And now she's got to live with all the other penguins. Like she has to return to normal life and she's just being super mean to the other penguins. There's comedy there. Trust me. Um, oh my gosh. And then I wrote a Viagra joke. I apologize for this. You always see on the, uh, the, the Viagra, this is like the hackiest thing ever for a comedian. This is like a deep, dark confession. This is like me reading from my, my journal. You always see on the Viagra commercials, hey, ask your doctor if your heart is healthy enough for, uh, for sex. And then it, it occurred to me, like, um, should we be more specific on the kind of sex? Because, like, ask your – it should be, like, the style in which you bang. It's like, ask your doctor if your heart is healthy enough for, like, missionary you probably and then ask your doctor uh, if your heart is healthy enough uh, for getting uh, hung up uh, by your uh, arms and having a dominatrix uh, beat the hell out of you. <laughs> ask, ask your doctor if, if your heart is enough uh, to uh, tickle a girl until she pees herself. You like there's all these. <laughs> ask your heart. Ask your doctor if your heart is healthy enough for a little light bondage and discipline. <laughs> There's something super funny there, you guys. Come on. That, uh, oh my, I, I, I got to go through uh, Ebola. I don't know if I did this uh, last week. I've got it written. I did it on stage. Uh, no, I didn't do it on stage. Ebola. Whatever happened? We cured Ebola. Are we done with you? Ebola sounded like the friendliest of all the viruses. I think we should have a law where you have to give uh, these, these things – crazier name, you know, like, uh, I've got the swine flu. There's a little bit of danger there. Ebola, really deadly, but sounded kind of friendly. What do you got there? Ebola. It sounds like a breakfast cereal. I'm going to have Ebola. I'm going to have Ebola, Ebola. Okay. That is the show. Enjoy the Oscars. Uh, I, I, I can't wait to listen to this one. It's a, it's a, a crazy experiment. We've got Wonderful things going on, wonderful things coming up. Uh, and I explain myself. I, it, it's fun. People are like, isn't he going off on guns? Here's, and here's, I'll explain this. This is a wonderful way to close the show. Here's why I didn't go off on guns because it's social. There's no room for comedy there. And, and then uh, people get fired, people lose their jobs. I got to fly under the radar uh, for a little bit. I don't want to go off on any big thing. People don't why did it just go off? Just go off. I get that all the time. I'm never just going to just go off and do a knee-jerk reaction. Mike Huckabee, you know, the, the, the delightful Mike Huckabee, the former Arkansas guy, they just uh, kicked him off the, the board of the, uh, the CMAs, the Country Music Association. They got rid of Mike Huckabee. Now, why? Because uh, he's pro-family and he's, uh, he's conservative. <clears throat> I don't know what the reason thing is. But I think he's just too vocal. So if – if wow, there was a strange noise. That I think uh, I think maybe my producer was uh, using an electric shaver. But uh, if you thought you heard a, a, a weird vibrator in the background, I think that was an electric shaver. That's hilarious. Uh, Mike Huckabee. They they kicked him off of the the board of the, the CMAs. So that kind of so if Mike and and the country music, what's more conservative than the country music, or it used to be? What was more like uh, God flag and country and all that stuff than country music? And if they're kicking off uh, Mike Huckabee, what the heck did that guy ever do wrong? 
What what did he ever want to do? So it's dangerous out there. Google is changing their algorithm. YouTube is changing their algorithm. Twitter's still getting rid of people. It is uh, you got to lie low for a little bit. There's there's too much to risk. I think we can catch more flies with honey uh, they can, than we can by foot stomping and fist shaking. So for more uh, honey talk, for more honey talk and less fist shaking and foot stomping, tune in next week. You guys are the best. Uh, enjoy the Oscars. Enjoy the rest of your week. I survived the Nor'easter, but now I've got a cold. I'll see you next time.